Well, much has been made about Iran's involvement in the brazen Hamas attacks on October 7th. And and now we're starting to see more of these rebel groups get into the mix. Certainly the Houthis in the Red Sea are, are a, a main example of that. And while the United States and the U.K. have called for Iran to support, uh, the, stop the support of Houthi rebels, Iran has praised them as uh, brave and called their brave actions targeting Israeli-linked vessels in the Red Sea. So while it appears that Iran certainly will not be stopping their support for these groups who are aiding uh, Hamas in their attacks and 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 in their uh, quest to eliminate Israel from the map, um, Iran is becoming a little more brazen. And when it comes to supporting Houthi rebels in the Red Sea and and certainly attacking U.S. assets, retired Lieutenant Colonel Danny Davis, also senior fellow and military expert at Defense Priorities, joins us. Uh, It's always good to talk to you, my friend. What do you make of the fact that Iran is is publicly praising uh, the Houthi rebels as the attacks in the Red Sea increase? Well, they, they, they're consistent, at least, because they, you know, they do back them. They've been saying positive things about them, well, forever, uh, to, to include the Hezbollah, obviously, in, in Lebanon. That's, you know, their direct client uh, to Hamas, who they've been helping. That's, that has not changed either. They're, they're pretty consistent with that. Uh, the, the, the bigger issue to me is that the United States, we've got to be very careful that we don't uh, – I won't say facilitate uh, an escalation of this war, but that we don't take actions that that work against our own national interest, which is to prevent any escalation of this war. And and look, I know a lot of people see a lot of these, you know, attacks by Houthis uh, in the Red Sea. They see the Hakbak Khatib Hezbollah in Iraq, Mm -hmm. uh, some other groups in Syria that have been hitting our bases. And and people say, you know, hey, we just got to hit them harder and, and strike more. But it's very clear since uh, since October 17th when we first started attacking these groups in this in Saudi and uh, sorry in, in Syria and in Iraq, it doesn't deter them. It just makes them say they're going to continue to do more, and they have. And the same with the, these ships. Now the the um, the Houthis had previously said that if the United States attacks them directly, then they're going to retaliate against U.S. interests, which they said at that time they would not as long as we stayed out of that. Now we have. Uh, and it's unclear what they're going to do. But you, you see that things continue to spiral out with this assassination of the Hamas leader in Lebanon. You see the previous assassination of a, an Iranian leader in Syria. And then now today, here's a terrorist attack in Iran itself where 100 people were killed. Mm-hmm. And uh, everywhere you look, the, the violence continues to escalate and things go more towards a larger war, not towards shutting it down. Yeah, it, it, it certainly doesn't feel like de-escalation. Um, and, and, and while that may be the United States goal, it doesn't feel like it. And so with Iran pulling the strings the way that they are, uh, empowering the Houthis, uh, Hezbollah the way that they have, does this feel like an escalation to you? Does it feel like the United States is going to have to be more involved than they want to be? Well, you know, yeah, well, no, we don't, we shouldn't be involved more and we shouldn't, uh, 
be forced into anything uh, because we have to look after our national interests primarily mm-hmm. uh, above anything else, even even other uh, friends we have in the region. But look, we can't talk about this situation without talking about the elephant in the room, and that is the war between Israel and Hamas and how Israel's going after Hamas, which is absolutely within their uh, rights to do, and no one in the West questions that, but it's also as important how you do it. And the way Israel's going about it so far is having massive civilian casualties. And I don't think you can rationally say that this is just, uh, you know, uh, uh, collateral damage. You know, some people are killed while they're going after Hamas because there's too much damage and destruction and the casualties are just catastrophically high. Uh, And that is driving. That's what drove the Houthis to, to take that step. That's what's driving many of these other groups to attack us directly. None of this stuff started until uh, Israel you know, rail, ramped up its wars mm-hmm. in the Gaza Strip. And so we have to say, as, as Senator Sanders did yesterday, hey, we can't just give a blank check to Israel because if they're doing things that violate our own standards and that could implicate us and put us in the crosshairs, we have to start putting some conditions on that. And I think that's the right way to go. How do you think this this escalates even further? How do you think this is going to evolve over the span of the next you know, a couple of weeks or so. Yeah, here's here's what I'm looking for first is is Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah, had a big speech today where he uh, claimed straight up that he's going to have to retaliate because of the assassination that was done in Beirut, which he had previously claimed in the summer that if any of any of the so-called axis of resistance members were assassinated, that he would take action. Now they have been. And so he's going to now have to, just for his own credibility and his own group, he's going to have to make good on that. So the question is, what does he do? Israel has also, I'm sorry, Israel, Iran has also said that they are going to retaliate for their general that was assassinated in Syria, and actually several of them. So you have a couple of possibilities for targeting Israel with, you know, retaliation strikes. Now, Israel is definitely not going to be passive if that happens. They won't say, all right, we got you, you got us, we're good to go. No, they'll respond too. And that's what I'm worried about is that escalation ladder where things keep getting bigger and bigger. And then you have the possibility of like Hezbollah just saying, all right, that's it. There's no point. We're attacking, you know, and a, a war zone. But, or even that Israel can say, all right, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to attack and eliminate this threat on our north. Uh, and anything that that could do could bring in Iran, and then there could be a deficit of American troops, whether in the Red Sea or in Iraq and Syria. Then you have the potential for us to have to get response, and everything could take on a life of its own. That is not in our interest, and we have to avoid that at all costs. How important do you think the 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 this this election coming up will play in this? And obviously, we're far away from that, and hopefully. Things things don't don't continue to escalate up until that point. But in terms of leadership, in terms of where the American people want want the United States to fall on this issue, how how important is that messaging from the top? Do you believe? Well, look, I, I think Biden's in has painted himself into a, a big bad corner. I, I there's in my view, politically speaking, I don't see how he he gets himself out of this one. Because uh, by, you know, continuing to say, I'm going to stay pro-Israel, I'm going to do everything they want and to give them this money uh, and keep all that constituency happy, there's the whole huge growth in the young vote that was instrumental to his winning in 2020 uh, that is against what he's doing. They say that they see all these suffering by the Palestinian people. They say, I can't support that. 
So they're going. Now, if Biden moves in that direction, says, okay, well, I am going to listen to Sanders, and I'm going to put some strings on any funding that we get that Israel will have to you know, ramp down what it does and be more careful, then he's going to alienate and anger the, the Israeli mm-hmm. people who don't want any constraints. Uh, and so as far as I can see, any direction he goes, he's going to lose politically. But your question was about leadership. And what Biden has to do, first and foremost, even if it costs him the election, because that's what he's there for is to be the leader of our country. Mm-hmm. He's got to take whatever actions prevent a war and keep our interests front and foremost, no matter who it makes mad, as long as he keeps us safe. Mm. Well, I think that's a sound way to, to leave it. I, um, I, I hope and, and pray that we have leaders like that at the top uh, to make those decisions, even though it might hurt them politically. Danny Davis, always good to talk with you, my friend. We'll talk again very soon. Happy New Year to you. All right. Same to you, and thanks a lot. Talk yeah, to you next time. We'll talk to you next time. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. And, and I'm not entirely sure that we are even at that stage in our history. I don't know that we – I don't know that we have leaders now that would do things that would be maybe perceived to be the right way even though it would hurt them politically. I'm not sure we're there. Love to hear from you. More next.